house in New Orleans They call the rising sun And it's been a ruin of many a poor boy at BG, we got Randy and potentially Ben Boone tonight uh, calling in. And fellas, it's been a while. Uh, it's been like two and a half, almost three weeks since we've done a last last done a podcast. And now I'm back in Minnesota for the summer. And uh, we're not in person tonight, but we will be for pretty much the rest of summer. At least some of us will be. Andy will still be in Iowa um, until the fall. But uh, we got some good stuff. Coming up, some good guests coming up. One big one this week on Thursday. We're going to record that one, so that will be out Friday morning. Um, but tonight, fellas, we got a lot to cover. I mean, it's like I said, it's been like two and a half, three weeks since our last pod. The Vikings draft wrapped up. The Wild have moved into the playoffs and are up 1-0 on the Golden Knights of Las Vegas. Uh, the Twins have, have managed to fall to, I think, 13-25, and 25, and they're losing 10-1 right now. Uh, to the Sox, so shortly going to be 13 and 26, and uh, probably a whole bunch of other stuff. Aaron Rodgers news, too, Andy, that we'll get into uh, in a little bit as well. I mean, there's just a lot to cover. I'm sure there'll be some more things that come up, too, uh, but fellas, let's start with Minnesota Wild. I know you guys didn't get, catch the game on Sunday afternoon. It's kind of a weird start time. It was a two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon to start the playoffs, uh, but the Wild were ready. I mean, they didn't come out great in the first period, but they held on, and, and Talbot in goal was just an absolute wall all day long. I mean, he held off the uh, the initial rush of the of the Golden Knights in that first period. Wild got into the intermission, then came out flying in the second, really, really played well in the second period, and then just found a way to hang in there through the third and had some chances. And I think they had more quality chances, I would say, than the, than the Knights did. Um, the shots weren't there. I think they were out shooting us by like 15 Something like it was like 42 to 27 uh, after the three periods of hockey goes into overtime. And then obviously we get the pretty good puck luck, as they say, as it deflects off of some defender for for the Knights and, and into the goal for Erickson Neck in the wild. Find a way to knock off the Knights at their place in the first game. And now it's it's going to come down to tomorrow night, Tuesday night. Another weird start time, nine o'clock uh, local time here in Minnesota. And if they can find a way to win that one too and get to 2-0 before they come back home to an XL Energy Center, that's going to be absolutely rocking with about, I think, 6,000, but I know they petitioned to make it 10. Um, so there's a chance you get 10,000 fans there. If they get that, that place is going to be electric, and I think the Wild could find a way to sweep BG. We've uh, we, we played pretty good. I think we're 12. Uh, we've won 12 of the last 17 against the Knights, so we have their number, and that would just be an electric, electric start to the playoffs for your Minnesota Wild. Fortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch the game on Sunday evening, or I guess a matinee um, start time, like you said, but it sounded like it was a really fun game to watch, obviously. NHL playoffs are so fun to watch. I think it's maybe the sport where the playoffs are so much better than the regular season, and maybe that's just because I'm not a huge hockey fan, but when the Wild go to the playoffs and just see those guys skating their hearts off in the the Minnesota Wild fans going crazy. It's just something else and something I'm glued to um, every single night. So it's a bummer that I missed out on the the first game, but really glad that we won against a good Vegas Knights team, um, obviously with being the number one seed, but probably the team we prefer to play over the Avalanche, even though the Avalanche are the two seed. But 
like you said, we've been a lot more successful against the Golden Knights this season than we have with the Avalanche. So hopefully we can continue on on Tuesday night. So tonight, tonight, um, tonight, and go two and zero. And I I saw in the Star Tribune that when the road team wins the first game, so obviously we're the road team, and that means that we're underdogs in the series. If you win the first game, that team has like a 65% chance of winning the series. And if you lose the first game, you have like a 20% or like a 30% chance of winning. But if we go back into Vegas, because we play in two games in a row at home for them, if we go 2-0, we have an 80% chance of winning the series, which is huge. And if we go 1-1, one one, if we lose the next one, it's down to 55% chance. So pretty much a, a coin flip. Yeah. So. Being up one one and zero is great, but this this next game is where we're going to put them away. So hopefully our guys can go out there and score more than one goal. And Talbot is that his name? Talbot? Yeah, Talbot. Talbot. Yeah, hopefully he and welcome Ben Boone with that comment. Thank you. Welcome hopefully Boone. Talbot uh, is a beast again and saves more than forty two shots. But I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, and I mean Kaprizov was electric as well. He had some. Great chances. He had one one chance where uh, Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury, goaltender for the Knights, he got him completely off balance, and I think it was maybe the his backhand, like he had all the way around his body as the goalie was falling to the ground and kind of diving to try to get in the way, and it just made an incredible save on an empty net or an open side of the net, and it was you know it looked like an absolute goal. And then he just somehow got that backhand in there and saved it. And I was just, and then there was a couple of snags that Flurry had too out of the air, just some glove saves off some slap shots that were like, how do you stop that? I mean, I don't know. There wasn't an actual velocity thing, but those slap shots are going like a hundred miles an hour coming off their stick. And I, the fact that he's a 36 year old goalie, who can snag a puck going hundred miles an hour out of the air it is insane. I mean, he made some absolutely insane saves to keep the Knights in that one. And, I think if the Wild can find a way to keep the pressure up, keep defending. I mean, this was a defensive game, and we're not. None of us are really elite hockey minds here, but just based off what the announcers were saying, <laughs> some of the stats, and that was a very good hockey game, a very good defensive hockey game. And if the Wild can keep up that defensive effort, where really they're not getting a lot of good clean looks, they're not getting one timers with nobody in front of them. I mean, the Wild were just in the right spot, getting in ways. They were giving up shots, but they weren't giving up great looks. And I think that was the difference because the Wild just had not as many shots, like I said, but way more high-quality looks, high-quality scoring opportunities is what they call them. Hartman had six of them in the second period, six high-quality scoring opportunities, which is insane. Obviously, he didn't get any of those in the back of the net, but if you do that over a seven-game series, it's likely that it won't even go to seven because the Wild are going to win this in, in five, hopefully. It's winning in five, boys. Was was Erickson Eck the, the guy who put the, the puck in the net, right? Mm-hmm. Do we, do we know what's going on with that last name? Like, why is it Erickson space Eck? Is there two Ericksons? Because well, I feel like you put the first letter of the first name. Yeah, he's from, I'm going to look it up right now. He's not from the United States. He's, I think he's from Sweden. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, he's so it's something crazy. Yeah. Joel Erickson Eck, and I don't know why. His Wikipedia page doesn't have any... Uh, any reasons why his last name explanation is for the two, so two last names? Uh, yeah, he's only twenty four though. I mean, he's he's a yeah. Beauty. I saw that too. That's that's like pretty pretty dang young for the NHL. It seems when you're a good player like that, just with how hockey in general is structured. Yeah. 
Well, and the, I mean, but him and then Kaprizov at 22. I mean, he's our age. I think he, or he, may, yeah. he might be 23 now, but he was a 97 kid. Um, and, and he was as good as anybody out there on the ice this weekend. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's a common theme in Minnesota right now with young stars in all four major sports. Um, arguably, you can make the case for four rookie of the years. Some of the cases would be bad, like an MLB, but um, three legitimate, I'd say. So the future's bright, but let's get some wins now. Right on. Uh, well, speaking of young stars, let's talk about one of them, Anthony Edwards, in the discussion for Rookie of the Year. Uh, Lamella Ball is also in that discussion, and I don't know who else is in the discussion, but Boone and BG, I know you guys both are very uh, opinionated about this topic. Uh, so Rookie of the Year, who does who deserves it? Who does it go to? I'll let you start, Boone. Yes. Before Boone goes, how how many uh, how many seltzers deep are you in right now? I'm drinking some proper tonight. Some oh, Conor McGregor, oh. six hundred million dollars he sold it for. So good for him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no seltzers tonight. Uh, I guess thoughts just... may or may not represent the wake and take uh, podcast thoughts. Disclaimer. No, <laughs> no I'm not. Too, I'm not too many deep. Um, but BG knows this at the before when the draft happened or before the draft, I was like, I was all about LaMelo. I thought he was going to be the best player of the draft. BG kept saying, Oh, this kid from Georgia, he's, he's the real deal. I said, dude, his shot selection is ass. It's horrible. And that kind of was reflected in the first half of the year, but because cat and D low were hurt, Beasley was got his own issues. He's dealing with and, but the second half of the year when D'Lo and Cat came around, he was shooting something like, I want to say 40, like, I want to say like 45% or something from, from the field and averaging like 20, what, 24 points or something on that. I mean, he had two 40-plus point games. And the big thing I look at is like for MVPs, we always say, consistency like oh this guy played 80 plus games like he was on the floor all the time I mean you have to use that argument for rookie of the year as well Edwards played in every single game to me it's again it's probably biased but I mean Edwards was far and away the most dominant rookie and maybe that's because we watched every game of his whereas we don't watch every Lamello where I saw highlights but game and game game in and game out Edwards dominated and maybe was our best player. That's my opinion. I'd give it yeah. to Edwards. <clears throat> no, I think in certain stretches of the season, he was for sure our best player, like stats-wise, and just energy-wise and being a leader on the court. Like we have kind of young veterans. You could say like Cat is like a young veteran. He's been around the ball club for more than five years. But Anthony Edwards, the rookie, the 19-year-old, is the leader of the Timberwolves getting – yelling, jumping up and down the court, getting, being passionate, chasing down Jimmy Butler for a block. Like, nobody else on the Timberwolves does that, except maybe Jaden McDaniels, who is our other rookie. But, like, our leaders, as so as they're called, Towns, D'Lo, are doing none of that. Malik Beasley is waving a gun in Plymouth. He's not worried about playing good basketball like a 19-year-old is. But, yeah, get into what you're saying, Boone. Um, I think that we have been watching a lot of Anthony Edwards because we watch the Wolves and not the Hornets and other teams. And his play certainly speaks for itself. But so do his stats. The, the next guy who is the, the second rookie for points um, in this season 
is 500 points less than Anthony Edwards. Wow. And obviously LaMelo isn't up there because he missed 20 games or whatever it is. But there's other guys who have played 70 games in the season, almost every single game, and they're 500 points less than Edwards. It just shows how dominant of a scorer he is. I think in the in the last two or three months where he's really turned it on, he's averaging more than 25 points a game on efficient shooting, nearly mm-hmm. 45 and 40, which is really good for a rookie and a rookie um, that they had concerns about his shooting and shot selection. And he's certainly vamped it up or ramped it up for this, this latter half of the season. Um, yeah, so what I'm seeing post-All-Star break, I have it pulled up here, LaMelo was 15 and a half on 42 29 and a half and 68 shooting Ant was 23 and a half on 45 and a half, 34 and a half and 75% shooting. Meanwhile, averaging a steal and a half game, which they both were, but he was also averaging 35 minutes compared to LaMelo's 28. And granted he played in a hell of a lot more games, which back to my point where it's, we always judge MVP on, did they play, 75, 80 plus games, whereas this year was condensed a little bit. But if you're taking consistency into it, Ant has that. And Jaden McDaniels damn near is up there too in terms of his production. I mean, he's, he, you could argue he's the steal of the draft for when he was taken and his production on the court. Obviously, not as pro- productive as Edwards at ball, but he's not supposed to be. He's, mm-hmm. he's an absolute steal of the draft. But 28. Another pick. thing. Another thing I was going to say is the people for Ball, other than the people who are just voting for Ball because his last name is Ball and he's the brother of Lonzo and he's in the Ball family and it's hype and that's what it is. It's it's stupid. But they're saying, oh, he's going to the playoffs. And that's that's true. However, he's a 10th seed with the Charlotte Hornets. If this was any other NBA season, he would not be in the NBA playoffs. They barely made it in the 10th seed. They've lost their last six games with LaMelo Ball playing in all of them, meaningful games that they really need to win, and they couldn't win one game. So now they're the 10th seed and most likely going to get bounced from the playoffs. In their last sure. 16 games, the Hornets are 3-13 and 13 with wow. LaMelo Ball. Um, so the last 16 games, they're 3-13. and 13. LaMelo's been back for the last 13. They're 3-10 and 10 in their last 13. And they're, and they're not tanking either. Like, they're a playoff team. They're trying to win. Anthony Edwards and the Wolves has finished over 500 over their last 15 years. Should have been tanking. Should have been tanking, but yeah. Timberwolves are our poverty franchise, and they're, they don't know how to tank and grab right. a lot of We don't players. deserve nice things either. But it's just, it's just honestly ridiculous at this point. I totally understood why LaMelo Ball in the beginning, like his, he won the Rookie of the month, month for the first three months of the NBA season, and Edwards was not the guy. But now he's, he's come into himself. He's comfortable. He's putting up numbers in an efficient matter. It's it's just too rough to see, and especially if, if you follow NBA rookie ladder, if you know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean these are the standings, but what is basically that? who's on the top of the ladder is number one, and that's the best rookie. Mm. And when La- they took LaMelo Ball out of it and placed him like sixth on the ladder when he got hurt just because he got hurt, and Anthony Edwards was number one the whole time, rightly so. And then LaMelo comes back and averages like 14 points for that week. And then Anthony Edwards during that week had that 42-point game. Mm-hmm. And during that stretch, he was averaging 27.7 points per game. And they put LaMelo Ball on top of Anthony Edwards as the number one rookie, which yeah. absolutely made no sense. It just shows the bias and the de-sucking that the yeah. NBA loves to do. And Bleacher Report and all those outlets love to do, as you see on social media. But 
Is that the NBA? I'm, I'm glad you that? brought that up just because with the rookie ladder, one of the funniest tweets I saw this season was, oh, Edwards dropped 30 tonight. He's probably dropping a third on the rookie ladder. Just like, it just literally made no ridiculous. sense. Well, it's, who it, is putting out this rookie It seemed like ladder. it was written to, to make Timberwolves fans mad. And yeah, it could be. Who is putting that out? Is that an NBA thing? It's an NBA writer. Yep. And, oh, okay. It's just one guy puts yeah, out a, a list of who he thinks is the best rookie that week. I don't know. I mean, it's written by one guy, but I don't know if it's a panel of people that he talks to. Yeah. I forget his name, but he's like an NBA.com senior writer. Okay. Huh. I've never even heard of it. I don't follow the NBA that closely. So it, maybe it's something that a lot of people know about, but I've never, yeah, never heard of it. But interesting. I, I saw it redraft uh people were talking on twitter today they said if we were going to do a redraft it'd be like edwards at one probably ball at two um halliburton from sacramento at three he's a guard from iowa state and then Jaden mcdaniels at four which would be pretty i mean i'd put it up i mean those edwards and mcdaniels are gonna that's our future those are our future starters like mcdaniels phenomenal what pick do we take mcdaniels with yep. 28 and wow. we traded 17 all, for well, hey first of all i gotta give credit to the uh, wake and take nba expert ben boone on being on top of that one because you were high on mcdaniels before the draft yep and yeah no i was you pumped were pumped and, when we got him uh, yeah well when we traded 17 i was like god damn it we just lost him like there's no way this guy drops to 28 and then we end up getting bolmero like mid-20s the i think he's from argentina and I guess um, Rosas was in an interview with maybe Dane Moore like last week or two weeks ago, and he goes, yeah, the guy we drafted last year is coming over next year. And, dude, I mean, if he pans out, if you look at this draft for what we got, Edwards, Bomero, and and McDaniels, that's the best draft we've ever had far and away. So is Rosas back? Was he ever gone? What do you mean? <laughs> I just, it's, I just, you know, I felt like there was a lot of hate on us for a while. Is he back? Is he back to being a genius? Because for a while, and I'm definitely guilty of this. I was calling him a genius. <laughs> when yeah. we let D Rose go, I thought he was an idiot. But yeah, well, he's back. He's I don't back. know if it's his decision, but if it's if it's his decision to tank, then or not tank, then he's he's somewhat of an idiot. Because we're, we're going to lose, lose the pick. pick I, all, all I'm saying, and knock on wood, is I went on NBA Tankathon today. I said, Ben, you're just going to do it one time. We went, we jumped from six to one. Knock on wood. <laughs> Never doing it again. I'm not well, there doing we go. It again. We're getting the first overall pick. <laughs> all I'm saying is last year I did the same thing. We jumped from three to one. And I said, I'm not going to do it again. Sure enough, it happened. So hmm. speaking into existence. So, okay. Yeah, perfect. There you go. So we know who to thank. Uh, if and when we get the number one pick, I am knocking on wood. Um, knock on wood. Knock on wood if you're with me. Knock on wood if you're with me. Uh, NBA playoffs, Boone. I know there's been a lot of criticism about the the playing games this year and the uh, format of it. And so, basically, for people who don't who don't know, and I didn't know until about five minutes ago, um, but the seven and eight seeds are playing each other, but which is kind of weird. I feel like it should be 7-10, but the format kind of makes sense, I guess, if you think about it in this way. So the 7 and 8 seeds in each division are playing each other. The loser of that game is then going to go play the winner of the 9 and 10 game. 
So if you win the seven yeah. and eight game, you're automatically into the playoffs. You get the seven seed. You play you're the seven seed. Either Phoenix or Brooklyn, depending on you know what conference you're in. If you're in the nine ten game, you got to win two. You got to win that first game, which is it's Memphis and San Antonio, Indiana and Charlotte. So the winner of those two games will play the loser of the seven and eight seed. What uh, what is your thoughts on this? Do you like that Boone, or do you think it's kind of dumb? Yeah, it's more basketball. I love it. It's you can't complain with that. You can't complain with, especially a game where nine and ten has so much implications. Where it's like you have another chance. Where seven and eight. I mean, if you look at the West, I think Lakers are going to win that first game against Steph. But even if they don't, I mean, neither of those teams are going to lose to. It's Memphis and San Antonio. Is that right? Yeah. That who nine ten is? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Dude, there's no chance that the Lakers and the Warriors don't get in. I mean, Steph, Steph, damn near should be MVP, but that's a whole nother conversation. And so, there's no way LeBron and AD lose two games. I, I love it personally, just because I think it also helps teams from tanking a little bit, which is like the worst thing to watch in the NBA. And be all I know, your opinions on the NBA is you you not a huge fan, but yeah, I think it's terrible. I, I think the playing. Playing games is just extra basketball we get to watch this week where, you know, it actually matters. If you were on LeBron's team and you were a Los Angeles Laker, would you rather beat the Warriors or win out um, and get the eighth seed? AKA, uh, would you rather play the so Jazz? So would I rather play the Suns or the Jazz? Yeah. Um, that's tough. Because Donovan Mitchell is going to be healthy, right? He was out for the regular season, but I think he's going to be healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, I think probable. I'll check. I would probably, I'd probably rather play the Suns just because if I was AD, I'd rather go against DeAndre Aiden rather than Rudy Gobert, who will probably be Defense Player of the Year. Regardless, the Lakers come out of either series in six, in my opinion. But if I was looking at it. I'd probably rather play the Suns personally, but I think the Warriors and Jazz, if that's one and eight, will be an awesome series because Steph Steph's good enough to win two games on his own, easy like easy. And that Warriors team is pretty bad, but <laughs> Steph's been that damn good this year. But he should honestly win the MVP. That's like what I'm saying. The MVP is stands for Most Valuable Player, and without Steph on the Warriors, they might be. The worst bottom in the, the West, yeah. yeah. Besides yeah. the Rockets, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the Jazz are obviously a great team, especially when you look at their record. But I think there's a lot of better teams in the NBA than the Jazz. Um, I think Lakers will win first round, and Warriors could do it too, no matter who they play. They could. That could be a, a really cool scary upset. seven and eight seed. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It says Mitchell is expected you. to play in the first round, um, but I don't yeah. think that's uh, and, official. But can I give a can I give a, a hot take, which might not be too out of a take? Absolutely. We'd love one. Are you Lillard, Lillard and the Trailblazers are going to upset the Nuggets, which they're without Jamal Murray, so how big of an upset is it really? But it's 6-3. And I like the Trailblazers in six there. It's Dame, Dame so damn good. One of the things that I just – it turns me off about the NBA playoffs most years is how predictable it is. Like you mm-hmm. have 16 teams make the playoffs and it's the same four teams playing for the conference championships. Like 
it, there's never upsets. And I feel like this right. year, and I haven't been following too close this year, but like it actually seems like there could be some variety like in the opening rounds of the playoff, which have always turned me off from watching like the first or second round. So that's like what I'm excited for. Yeah, like well, a true fair weather fan, like yeah, not, not even a fair weather fan of any team, just like a basketball fan. Like the first and second round matchups this year are actually going to be intriguing, uh, with or without the like this new format with the playing games. Right. Andy's but like Rob Lowe; he just has an NBA is hat a on. Seven is a seven-two upset really an upset when LeBron and AD are your seven seed? <laughs> I mean, can that? Can that be an upset when they were hurt for yeah. 20 games out of the year? But same I mean, thing could be done with the Warriors. Right. That's an upset. Well, but sure. it, it, well, that it, would it, be an upset, though. It, it is, yeah. though, regardless of whether or not it's an upset, it's a 7-2 game against like – if, if you have that Lakers team healthy all, all year, like that's not a matchup you might get until the conference semifinals or finals. Yeah. Like, and, you're getting in the first works. round, is which is which mm-hmm. what I'm saying is like, there's actually intriguing matchups in the first round this year, regardless of who's playing who. Like, I think that's going to be so, that, that that's something that's going to draw me to watch. Well, and the Suns have been awesome this year too. I oh, think yeah. Monty Williams should be coach of the year. I mean, he that oh, team did make the playoffs last year, and then they add Chris Paul, who I also think should get MVP votes just purely based off what he's done. I mean, he went to OKC and they were a playoff team. He goes to Houston, they make the Western Conference Finals. If he doesn't get hurt, maybe they beat the Warriors. He goes to Phoenix. They're the two seed. He's got the Rondo away. effect. It, exactly. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he's one is game he away the second from being best the one seed. Is he the second best player in the league that's over the age of 35? Like, I mean, you have LeBron, I, and you have... Yeah. I'm trying to think back to that draft. Carmelo? I, I mean, proud. I take Chris this, Paul this over Carmelo. No, yeah, this, of the week. This year, yeah, for sure. Not all yeah, time. Which I, I, I think probably I think all people, time. Personally, I think a but, lot of people had thought like the past couple years of Chris Paul was kind of like just slowly riding away into retirement. <laughs> um, but it's good to see him playing well this year. He's got that yeah. kind of like Frank Gore effect, like an mm-hmm. absolute legend, Hall of Famer. <laughs> but you just kind of forget about him. Like Frank Gore is one of the best running backs ever. You also kind of worry about him, like with Frank Gore, like he's gonna like break his leg, like just like a simple like run up. Come on, like Chris Paul, let's, like not, let's not put and, bad juju in the air. Yeah, every time he, like, he jumps, it's like ooh, like <laughs> he's, he's getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, underappreciated for sure. Hey, let's hope uh, we're let's hope we're having this conversation about Edwards or. Uh... Yeah, probably just Edwards. I don't. I don't think Cat's gonna last that long. But hopefully, just Edwards. Maybe Cat too. McDaniel's too. Maybe McDaniel's Boone's guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else? Wrapping up NBA playoffs. Everyone want to give a pick quick? Some of them have, I think. But yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. Um. I don't like this pick at all. I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna go with the 76ers because. Mm. I think their path is easy. It's probably the easiest path to get to the championship, except once you play the Nets, if they go to the two seed. Um, but I think they have an easy four matchup. Um, so I'm just going with that. Damn when it, you dude. You took, you took mine. I have I have the 76ers in the finals. I love Simmons. I love Embiid. I think Embiid, I mean, he's, 
he's up there. MVP Jokic and and Curry and Embiid. Those three have been awesome this year. Always always been a fan of Ben Simmons. But I mean, like I said a little earlier, I love Portland over Denver first round. Um, but I have my finals matchup is Lakers, which obviously is probably pretty biased, but. LeBron hasn't given us a reason to doubt him. Uh, I go Lakers, 76ers, Lakers, and six. Okay. Okay. Randy? Every, every pick Boone has given so far today has been in six. <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Uh, I like it. It gives us some entertainment. I um, I don't have, like, a pick just because, again, like I've been watching too closely to, like, really have a pick besides, like, just – being a talking ad who just takes like a, the Lakers or the Nets or whoever. Um, I am uh, in each conference, like in the East, I, I don't want to say I'm rooting for the Knicks, but I kind of want to see him do something just because like, it's, I think it's just good for basketball. If the Knicks like just do anything. <laughs> um, and yep. then, um, and then the West, um, I think the Warriors would be a good story, like just because of how well Steph's been playing this year, and you know, mm-hmm. like being seven or eight seed. Like, I don't know, like what's the lowest seed in the past? I don't know, decade that's made it to like a finals. Like, is it is it the Heat last year as a like a four seed or five seed, whatever they were? The last eight one matchup I remember is when the Warriors actually. Oh my God, the Warriors upset the Jazz. It was Baron yep. Davis, and he like dunked on Karolinko. That oh shit. That's that's that, a good story. That's a that, that's a um, that's a first round matchup though. But who's the low like in recent years? Who's the lowest seed to make it to a finals? Is it anyone lower than a like a three or four seed last year? I don't know. I I think it might be the Heat. Like if you go back the past decade, because you have LeBron a four two seed. They're a four seed. I yeah, no it's got to be the Heat. But that in itself shows why March Madness is just so much better than the NBA yep. and college basketball in general. Yep. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, yeah, the Heat were the five seed last year, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah. Lakers um, were one. Well, Randy, yeah, I, I, liked your, uh, <laughs> I liked your Golden State pick. I think that's who I'm going to take today. I think they're the 12th best odds, or they opened as the 12th best odds, and the playoffs might have changed around a little bit now, but... It was plus ten thousand at one point. Fifty dollar bet would uh, would that be like thirty five hundred? What would that be? Let's see. What was the plus math? ten thousand? Five thousand? Five thousand? Yeah. Oh, be a yeah. What? <laughs> I was thinking at. Uh, <laughs> I put it. In, I got it in at. Sorry, I got it in at plus six sixty. Fifty dollars to win three thousand three hundred dollars. So I didn't get quite plus ten thousand. Yeah, I guess it would be. It would be five thousand. That's an easy math one there. Um, that's my pick. I like Golden State just because I want to see Steph Curry continue to go off. and To just, win it all? Yeah, to win it all. Yeah. Let's see That'd Curry be score 50 points every night. And he is his like statistics on shooting now is I think he can miss his next 500 shots um, and still be the best shooter of all time uh, percentage-wise, which is just an absolutely – that was maybe a couple months ago that stat came out. But, I mean, that is – Insane. So it's even more now. Yeah, it's probably even way more now. Uh, but that is just insane. What he's doing is he's the best shooter of all time, and it's not even close. It's not. It's, there's no competition. It's insane how good he is. Is he the best point guard of all time? Probably. Tim or Magic? Yeah. 
I mean, and I think Steph's closing in every single day, every game that goes by. Steph is Steph's up there, but how many of Steph's rings actually count? It's just hard to compare him to, like just two completely mm-hmm. different eras. Right. Yeah, very much so. All Both. Right. Yeah, final thought, NBA. Both are trend centers, though. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's going to wrap up our NBA talk. That's all I can handle on the NBA tonight. Uh, let's see. I was going to I was gonna play the Preakness call, or at least down the final stretch here, because did you guys watch the Preakness on Saturday? I did. Did you like the call from Larry? I think his name is Larry Colmus, voice of the Preakness, Andy. Uh, honestly, I don't remember. Oh, come I on. Just, Here, it's so good. Uh, this, this, this was my, this was my preaching story. It was like, I turned the TV on and it was like, Oh, the preach is on. Like, this is interesting. Like, so let's throw like 25 <laughs> bucks down on like 30 different bets. And I lost every single one of them. And down that backstretch, I realized like, like, fuck, like the horse that won was the one horse and I didn't put any of my, <laughs> That's like how literally any of my, my like win play show, any of my boxes. Um, yeah, it was, that was tough. I wasn't really yeah. listening to what the, what the, what the call was. It was so great. I'm going to play the, the black stretch of it, but he just starts screaming, Rumbauer. <laughs> it's awesome. Medina Spirit fights on on the outside midnight bourbon. Rumbauer is rolling up to them. Coming by the eighth pole, it is now Rombauer storming to the front, taking over from Midnight Bourbon. Medina Spirit has dropped back. Keep me in mind is fourth. Rombauer <laughs> and Flavian Pratt win the Preakness, pulling away by four on the wire. Rombauer! <laughs> Sounds like he's calling a WWE fight. <laughs> I loved it. It was so great. He's That guy was electric. I've never heard him call a race before, but he was electric. I just wish I'd bet on that so I could have been yelling that with him. Great. Electric. Also, uh, Andy, I feel like you're probably the only one who follow horse who follows horse racing, but did you see um, Baffert now? Uh, that news just broke out today that he's not going to be able to let his horse run. Uh, Medina Spirit. Really? The, uh, Kentucky Derby will not be running at the Belmont after uh, a second positive test. I think they've tested the horse twice mm. for um, steroids. You know what? I saw this coming. I saw this coming when I read that Jose Canseco and Barry Bonds were part owners on the horse, <laughs> but um, that's it's not the case. But like, I really wish it was. Like, I wish you had all these like '90s baseball players by a horse. So funny, juice it up. Well, that was, <laughs> Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I mean, he bought the horse for a thousand bucks. I think the uh, owner did. Yeah, Jeez. not, not ba- Baffert's the trainer. Yep. But I mean, that's a, just a but crazy owner, story. To be this able to owner find too. Apparently, apparently, this owner, he's like, I don't know, like some royalty from like the Middle East somewhere. And apparently, like he just buys up tons of horses, and then just like has like a guy like Bob Baffert like pick which one yeah. is like the best yeah. horse, like just <laughs> and then juice them up. Apparently. I mean, what an absolute turn of events for Baffert goes from being inducted. Well, I think he already was in the Hall of Fame. Um, I think he was taken out of the Hall of Fame as a trainer, and now he's suspended. I don't know if he was taken out of the Hall of Fame, actually, but he was definitely suspended, and now his horse can't run. And maybe his I Hall loved, of Fame status is in question. I loved, like, what was that Mother's Day was a week ago when, like, everything came out. Um, the hashtag on Twitter, Twitter that I saw trending was Bob Baffert ruined Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if you bet on that horse? Do you, you lose that bet then? I don't think so. You, like you still win. You still win. I, I saw that. You still won the bet. Yeah, all those bets. 
Yeah. Wow. Once you've been paid out, they can't come back and like ask for yeah, their money back. That's fair. Um, but then you still win the bet, but then the owner of the horse, whatever, has to pay all those winnings back. Yep. Yeah. That would make sense. And they, uh, and then obviously is not listed as the winner of the Kentucky Derby then. Yeah. It's crazy. That is, that sucks for the jockey, man. The jockey probably just lost like hundreds of thousands of dollars for going from first to DQ'd. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, the other story back to NBA for just a second, Boone, did you see, uh, the 42 or the 41 and a half over that, that guy, it it was going around Twitter and it was, I think it was back in, um, middle of April that this guy tweeted at Damien or just responded to one Mm -hmm. of Damien's tweets saying like, yo, I put my house on the line, uh, on this bet. I needed you guys to get 42 wins. And then the bet was 41 and a half wins. And he took the over on it and tweeted back like say less. And then after all this comes out, it turns out the guy only put a $200 bet on it. It was $200. Oh, so I saw, I saw Damien said like, show me the receipts. Yeah. And then I clicked on that guy's, I clicked on that guy's thing. I, he got some goofy Twitter name and the bet slip was on there. It was for 200 bucks. And he had like, there's a story. All that matters, all that matters is they won the game. So yeah. it, it hit. He won the bet. It hit. But there was like, yeah. <laughs> there was like a story on like NBC Sports. I saw CBS tweet about it. There was like wow. an ESPN article. There was like all these news stories about this guy responding to Damien and nobody decided to fact check it and see if he actually put a lot of money on it. It was a $200 bet. <laughs> right. So I guess he's living well, in a cardboard box. Well, because I was looking, because I saw it, it was, was it, it was last night or, or two yeah. nights ago? Yeah, the end of the season. Last night. Whatever their last game was and last night. Yeah, Sunday So night. I was looking at Dame's Twitter trying to find it to like see the guys seeing Dame say, say less, but he, I guess, never tweeted that. But what he said was like, show me your, your bet slip. Yeah. <laughs> And so the guy showed him, and it was just two hundred bucks. Two hundred bucks, and still won money. Can't yeah, donate the player, hit the game. Right. What was this guy's? It's Lord Treesap. Maybe he, maybe he lives in a van down by the river. Never yeah. good. Very well. <laughs> two hundred, and let's see the bet. It was two hundred and sixty to win two hundred. I don't even know how that. That's a good ass bet. <laughs> overhyped bet. Most overhyped bet of history. Totally. He got a response out of Dame Dalla. A couple. Portland yeah. even tweeted at him, please invite us to the house party at Lord Treesap. The Trailblazers did? Yeah. That's awesome. Lord <laughs> Treesap. That's, <laughs> a, that's a great name. Yeah, he's got a ton. He, he just retweeted all the all the tweets that were about him. But, yeah, there's that's crazy. <laughs> NBC Sports, let's save this man's house. Hashtag Rip City. <laughs> I mean, I can't uh, be mad at him. I feel like I'd do that same thing. Like uh, Justin Jefferson, I need eight and a half wins this season and put down right. like a $50 bet. <laughs> yeah. And then he responds to me like, oh, sweet. This is the best thing ever. And I win 50 bucks on top of it. Hell yeah. Good for that. Good for Lord Treesap. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely uh, making the most of his uh, media fame. I mean, it's a fame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, fellas, we've gone through a lot of different stuff tonight, but anything over the last three weeks that we haven't hit on tonight, uh, to wrap up, uh, I, 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 oh. I got, I got one, I got one quick Actually, thing. Actually, Andy, um, yeah, yeah. Give me your quick thing. Then we got to talk Rogers for just a second. Yep. So did you guys see in. Nick Kaplianos, uh, the other night, uh, after hitting like a go ahead home run for the Reds? Um, mm-hmm. so, so Nick Castellanos hits a go ahead home run. 
And like the broadcast pointed out like how he was like celebrating and fist pumping with a fan right by the uh, dugout. And then after the game, the post game interview, Castellanos gives the headset to this fan and just tells the fan, like the broadcaster asks the fan like a question. And Castellanos is like, just tell him, tell him what you told me before that bat. And this fan goes, huh. I told Nick to imagine that Rob Manfred's face was on the baseball and he hit a home run. Yeah. And then Castellanos <laughs> is standing there with like his arms crossed with like this snarky look on his face. And, and, and like the, the commentator just did not know what to do with it. Cause like they're paid by baseball. Like mm-hmm. they have, they can't like laugh yeah. about that. Like and we're done with this interview. <laughs> yeah. See, I yeah, that was I did see that, Andy. I didn't know it was just a random fan. I thought that was like one of his coaches or something. No, I didn't realize that was just a random fan. That yeah, that awesome. yeah, that is funny. And then I saw a bunch of tweets back at that, like he's gonna get suspended for that, even though he didn't say anything. <laughs> he won't. Right? That would be funny. So fans gonna get fined. Yeah, suspension. Then like if you were doing drugs. Yeah. Or on the Astros. Or on the Astros, exactly. True. Uh, Whoa. Andy, we haven't hit on it yet, and I, we have to bring this up. What happened to the golden boy? Aaron Rodgers, so trouble in paradise. It's been, it's been a roller coaster couple of weeks. So where I'm at now is uh, Adam Schefter went on the Dan Patrick show last week mm-hmm. and basically said that he didn't receive any news the weeks leading up to draft day mm-hmm. about Rogers. He hadn't heard anything from Rogers' team or the Packers. All he, all of his sources were just people from other teams saying they called the Packers and were asking about Rogers. And Dan Patrick was like trying to get it. Like, so why, why, why the news drop on um, draft day, like two hours before the draft and Schefter didn't say it, but he kind of implied like ESPN, like had him drop the story. Like ESPN was just trying to like drive traffic to, yeah, to the draft. Like, I don't, I, I, business, I baby. there's issues there. I still think there's issues there. Like, and, and I'm torn. Cause there's part of me where it's like, if Rogers issue with the team is that they're cutting washed up white wide receivers, like George Nelson and Drew Kumaro. Like, I, I don't know if like, it's it's a, it's a goddamn professional football team. Like you can't just have your buddies like <laughs> eating up salary cap in a, in a salary cap sport just because like you like hang out in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know what his issue is, even if he has an issue. And like for a lot of Packer fans, like we went through Brett Favre, you know, his last three years going back and forth. Like oh, this might be my last season. Like you know, as my dad explained to me, like with Brett Favre, he retired. And then wanted his job back, and the Packers were like, no, like we're moving on. Like, imagine if like you quit your job, and then like three weeks later, called back and were like, actually, like I, I don't quit. Like, I have my old job back. Like, there's no way you're gonna take it back. And like Rogers having sat through that, being like the Jordan Love in the situation, like it just, I don't understand how Rogers could like kind of go down that same Favre route because like he was in Love's shoots. Like he knows, he knows this is a business. Like he knows that he can't play forever and the team has a vested interest in making sure that whenever his time is up, that like they have a, a succession plan and like Rogers just seems like, at least from what's been reported, seems to be all over the place with like, does he want to win? Does he want to be happy? Does he want to be in a certain location? Does he want like, to be the host of Jeopardy? Like no one knows what he wants. What was saying? I said, does he want to be the host of Jeopardy? A, can I ask you a two part question? All right. All right, first part is uh, betting odds. Where will Aaron Rodgers play game one of the 2020 regular season? 
Green Bay Packers is minus 185 to plus 120. For the Broncos is plus 120. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess that's comment one. Question two is if you talk about a succession plan, if you can trade him for two first round picks and either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, do you not pull the trigger on that? I think, I think if we go back three months, I think if you go back three months from right now, um, and Rogers walks into Gunkeis, how the fuck you say his name's office, and requests a trade. The first call that they make is to the Texans, and it's a Deshaun Watson for Aaron Rodgers trade straight up. But over the last three months, Deshaun Watson has like turned out to be such a shitty person <laughs> who just like just does not treat women right in a city like Green Bay. Like that's definitely not going to fly. I mean, you uh, can get more for straight up at that point. I mean. Like, even though, like, like I guess what I'm saying is, like, if that was the trade straight up was Rodgers for Watson, like, both sides would be happy. Like, on the Packers, like, mm-hmm. we have a top five, you know, maybe a top five quarterback who's, you know, 10 year, ten plus years younger than Rodgers, um, you know, and, and Houston gets a chance. And to, as an opposite. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think now it's, I mean, it's, like, it just, I, I, I have no idea if, like, I don't know what's more valuable is getting back a ton of like, you know, like with using the Broncos as an example. Late first like, round I, picks. I, I loved with the Broncos, like the Broncos fans on Twitter on, on draft night talking about, how, oh, we're going to have Jerry Judy and Noah Fant and all these guys and Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, you, you don't think the Packers are going to get at least one of those guys back in a trade? Like, I think the Packers are just snarky enough. You know, like Rodgers' big thing the past couple of years is he doesn't, like, he hasn't gotten his weapons. Like, if you trade Rodgers, if the Packers were to trade Rodgers to the Broncos, I want, like, that entire receiving core and Noah Fant like, back in return. Like, I want you to trade Rodgers and leave him with You're delusional, no, dude. Yeah. So I, <laughs> but it just, it, I, again, like, it goes back to, like, you know, first off, he has no control over where he goes, like, in mm-hmm. a salary or, like, the NFL. Um, he doesn't have a no trade clause, anything like Is that. Is there such a thing in the NFL as a no trade clause? I haven't heard of it. Often, I think if technically, I have. technically there is, but with the salary cap being so restrictive, like if you had a if you had a no trade clause, like there's only so few teams. Like for if you're a guy like Rogers who could command one, like mm-hmm. to make the salary cap work, there's only there's so few teams that you could even use it for that it's not really right. That like if you really want to leave and you but you also want to like control where you go. Like you're just hamstrung that way, so I, um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think that I I would put money on Rodgers. I don't know if I don't know if maybe starting quarterback week one because I could definitely see like a holdout situation. Him right? sitting out, that's that's like, that's, it. Yeah. like I think like definitely like nothing's gonna happen until the first week of June. Um, because with like the cap situation and everything, but I think if by the middle of June Rodgers is still a Packer then come week one, he's at least going to be on the roster. Don't know if he'll be playing or not, but, I mean, we just signed the boat this past week. What if uh, you could trade him and Devontae for four future first-round picks? Would you do it? Or would you have another season where you lose in the NFC wildcard, NFC championship? The, 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 in, the Devontae part's intriguing because, I mean, he only has a year left on his contract, so it's like <laughs> kind of other things where... Like, What's Rodgers? Rodgers has two or three years left on his contract, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things like if you're going to get rid of Rodgers and you know you're not going to win now, like why, like just get he rid of Devonta. Yeah, well, might no, as well. We'll, 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 but get rid of him 
and get mm-hmm. like just assets for him. There's so yeah. many possibilities when it comes to like trading for picks or trading for players, especially because just the way the NFL is like three first round picks over the next three years, let's call it to a team that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to. Like none of those picks are going to be top 10 picks. Right. Like, there's value in those picks unless they're picks that have already been treated. Like, you know, it's a pick from the, the 49ers that was already from the Texans or something like that. But you know, um, your pick's going to probably be top 10 easy. If you're without yeah. Rodgers and Devontae, there's no way the I mean, fall the, out the, the top the, five. The Devontae. Those paper I, bags over your head. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I, seriously. I haven't heard any, like, stuff with trading Devontae, but, um, I mean, I think I think if they trade Rodgers, they go out and – um, I don't know if they'd sign a quarterback or they'd, they'd trade Bortles. for Bortles. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, I, I think, I mean, I, how I, I, me speaking for Packer fans, I think we're just kind of like, we've gone through this as far before. Like, we just want to know, like, if he wants to leave, then like, just tell us. And if he wants to stay, then tell us. Like, don't like just be so in the dark about this. And like, let all these other people speak for you. Like, come out and just say what you want, or at least tell the team what you want, and have it leak out however you want. Like, this whole like mystery around it, like, isn't like it's only people that's helping is ESPN and like the talk sports talk. Isn't it kind of isn't it kind of GM or him the way he views it? That's that again. That's what like the reporting has said, but at the same time, it's like. Like, what is his issue with, like... I mean, they draft not, Jordan Love first round. They fight, I'd have an issue with like, that. That's his issue. Was, I mean, that's that's it. it. it, it, it but again, like, if you, if you go back to, like, the reporting on how they came on Jordan Love, I mean, like, the draft, even though when you're watching on TV, it feels like it goes on, like, really slow, especially the first round. Like, the Packers had, like, six guys on their draft board for round one. And Love was number six, and they didn't tell Rogers that Love was on their board. And the, you had um, uh, Brandon Ayuk go right before him. You had Justin Jefferson go to the Vikings a couple of weeks before. If you had all these guys pop off your draft board, kind of like in fantasy football, when like you have that guy queued up that you really want, and all of a sudden, like you have like three guys queued up, and they go like bam, 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 right in front of you. Like Love was their next guy, and the pick came to them, and like that too, they drafted and. Like, I, I don't know, like, it's, like, is he, I don't know why he's back and pull about, Spielman and Stockpile. It's, Still I, I get do, your guy. Like, Rodgers is such kind of, he's such an enigma of, like, kind of, like, what drives him. And, like, he does, not, like, weird interviews, but, like, he's, like, really into, like, he loves talking about, like, his time spent with the Dalai Lama and, like, meditating and, like. So he's drinking, on some Kyrie shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> no, re- really though. I mean, he like I just don't know. Like, no one knows what he wants and who his issue is with. Like, you know, apparently, like the reports, like he has no issues. Like, he loves the coaching staff. Like, he loves the players. Like, he loves the city. He loves the fans. Like, if your issue is just with like drafting one person, and just like I don't know, like that's like, yeah, you're Aaron Rodgers, but like, can that really like? God, how can, I mean, how I think he's. A, I think I personally think he's the best quarterback in the league. He can he demand what he wants. And the thing too is, like, he was the MVP last season. But I mean, they drafted him before he was the MVP when he had only played 
two out of, he'd only played of the previous four seasons he'd only played two complete seasons <clears> so <throat> no more than like 30 touchdowns and he was in his mid-30s and I mean a couple injuries already and like there it wasn't a guarantee that he was gonna be able to play at the way he can play at and he, last year he played at you know the best season of his career and like I don't think I don't fault the Packers by drafting a quarterback when if you look at his performance the past couple of years like between the injuries and everything like when you have a 36 year old quarterback 35 year old quarterback at the time like it's not a crazy it's not a crazy I mean, pick in retrospect I, because he's the MVP like it just sheds everything in a completely different light because I disagree when the only good receiver you guys have is Devonte everyone else Rodgers makes better like I mean uh, I it's but look at the way that offense is run, though. I mean, like I'm, you know, I'm a Packers fan, and I'm tuned in. Obviously, I'm biased, but right. that that offense to make that offense work, you need a great receiver in Devontae Adams. You need a couple great tight ends. Uh, you know, one great one in, in Bobby. Jimmy Tanya. Graham panned and, out. Um, <laughs> Rob Tanya's been great, and then you need. Um, uh, and then, you, you know, you have two dynamic backs the past couple of years with Jamal Williams and, and Aaron Jones, and you make two straight NFC Championship games. And two straight NFC Championship games where it wasn't your offense that prevented you from going to the Super Bowl. It was your What's defense. that field goal feeling, buddy? <laughs> it's but, so but, dumb. Like, I don't know how Rodgers can look at the past two seasons in those NFC Championship games and not be like, wow, like, you know, like if I would have had a receiver, this would have gone differently. Versus if I would have had a competent defense, like I would have been playing for the Super Bowl in two years. Who did they lose to in nineteen? They lost to the Niners. They got absolutely sick. That's right. That's right. And it was, and, and that was like the Lafleur, like the Lafleur offense on steroids, like that, um, that Shanahan offense, like just based around speed and. Um, you know, not necessarily needing a great quarterback, but just good skill guys. And our defense just got steamrolled. And um, what's new? I mean, it's like, again, like, I don't know how Rodgers like, can look at the past two seasons and think the issue is he doesn't have a receiver. And then also be like, oh, like the, the issue was I didn't have Jordy Nelson coming off a torn ACL at age 35. And I didn't have Jake Kumro, like random short, uh, slow white dude from Wisconsin who's like his like drinking buddy. Like if that's if that's if that's why you think the Packers didn't make the Super Bowl the past two years, Aaron, like I mean, he's definitely a smarter person than that. There's other reason reasons out there that no one knows about. And I think just everyone wants to know what what's up. As just much as I like Valdez Scantling though, like what if they legitimately drafted a first round receiver to go next to Devontae? I mean I, I, I did the research last year for the pod about like how first round receivers have turned out versus second and third round receivers. And like, it's one of those positions in the draft that like at receiver, that is one of the more unpredictable when it comes to like being a first round pick in, as a wide receiver. We know as Viking fans, <laughs> no, exactly, we know. Yeah. And, and, and last year, last year was probably an anomaly, like considering like the strength of that receiving class, mm-hmm. but they all rent like, of like the six picks for the Packers, like three of them were, were receivers that we wanted, and you, the Vikings, didn't want to draft, uh, didn't want to trade with us because you don't trade in the first round to a team in your own division, and that's don't trade how, ever. No, we don't. That's, Especially when Jefferson falls, that's, and that's and that's how that's how I used so to, um, 
that Toa Uke goes to the uh, the 49ers and not to the Packers. So um, it's, like I said, like Packer fans just want to know. Like we just want to kind of move on. We don't want to be up in the air about it. So like, bottom line, do you want to hold on to Rodgers or get rid of them and get what you can? I honestly like don't really care. Like I, again, like I just, I just don't, I, I hate not knowing. When do you have to have an he's, opinion? He's reached such I a have. low level of desperation that he just doesn't even care anymore. <laughs> it's just, it, that's like, exactly. like I, either way, like, cause like if we, if, if we, if we keep him, then like, we're going to be, we're going to win the NFC North and we're going to, Whoa, you know, whoa, whoa, maybe whoa, have a buy. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 uh, whoa. <laughs> you know who our defense has uh, back, dude? Rogers is toast. Another busted collarbone. Patrick bone. Peterson, but, baby. <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, if if you know we have let's let's say we have three years of Rogers left, and then whenever Rogers leaves, we don't. Whenever he retires, if assuming he retires as a Packer. We don't get anything in return, and it's just done. And we kind of just have to hope that, you know, love or whoever turns out. Whereas, like, if we get rid of them now, they get a ton of assets back, not just in draft picks, but probably in players too. And, like, there's excitement around that of, like, having, like, a ton of, you know, capital that you can, you know, either use yourself, trade for other pieces, however you want to use it. So I think, like, both situations are, um, I don't know, at least I, I can't speak for all Packer fans, but, I just, I mean, just come out and say if you want to get traded, if you've requested a trade, or if all the reports have been wrong and you you're happy to come back as a Packer and you know want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's to yeah. me like that's it's obviously more complicated that than that, but like that's that's how simple it is in my mind. Like just and his, his return is never higher. It's not going to be higher than it is right now after winning the MVP yeah. last season. Like you. you if you trade him right now, you're going to get the most from right now. Next season, no matter what, you're probably not going to get that much. Two is like two first round picks and a young quarterback. Oh my well, god, I'd pull the trigger. And not just that too, but just from like think of it from a like a marketing perspective. Like how much like if you're the Denver Broncos, like if you know I don't know who owns the Broncos, but like he definitely knows. He's definitely had people like run like um, you know. Like figured out how much more like season tickets they could sell, like luxury box, like all that stuff. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't just bring your team success; like he brings your team attention and and like only good things. Like whether it's to the small market team like Cincinnati or Denver or a large market team like like the Jets. Like it's it's a good business decision to give up assets for Aaron Rodgers, regardless of how too you're on late the first yeah. for Rodgers too, yeah. and a quarterback who. Might not even start with Teddy on the team. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think I would be very surprised to see Aaron Rodgers in the green and gold next year, Randy. I wouldn't be shocked if there was a holdout and he doesn't play. Uh, and I also wouldn't be shocked if he's the host of Jeopardy. I mean, he rocked on Jeopardy for those two weeks. I don't know what the odds are on him going to Jeopardy, but I'd take that bet. It's probably great odds, Boone. You, can you look that up for me? Is there any it's odds tough. on, on Rodgers going to Jeopardy? Oh, hey, well, there there is this. Will mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers retire? Yeah. What does it say? Oh, okay. So we got a couple. We got a couple different bets here. If if he retires, he owes the Packers thirty million dollars. Will Aaron Rodgers retire? Minus seven hundred. Will Aaron Rodgers sit out next season? Minus a thousand. Mm. 
I think even if he sits out, I think there's no nothing way about nothing about Jeopardy. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think even if he sits out, too, it might be he has to give back like a portion of his signing bonus. Oh, he, yeah, he's got to. Like, well, you'd have to you give back plus all, his, all his no. game. Oh, yeah, yeah, he meant plus a thousand. Yeah, those were not yeah, right. He meant plus on both of them, I think. Um, that's the pro- that's the proper twelve speaking. Yeah. No, where will Aaron Rodgers retire? No, minus seven hundred. Oh no, Aaron, minus okay. Oh, that's important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't don't risk seven hundred. That's not worth it. No. Um. All right. Well, I think that will do it. it, it we have a lot to talk. Um. NFL wise, <clears throat> wrapping up the draft. Maybe we'll do that on Thursday. BG. We also have a huge interview. We're not going to spoil who that is, but he. this will be a big clue, maybe too good of a clue. Boone, don't blur it out, but he may or may not be a member of the Seattle Seahawks. That's all I'm going to give you. We'll see you guys on Friday. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life Take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf and good up and good times Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, in the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you.